0: Ron Rivera said some curious things about assistant head coach and offensive coordinator, Eric Bieniemy, and then he tried to unsay them, but did it work? That and more on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Welcome into this Thursday episode of Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome back to the Locked On Commanders audience. I appreciate you guys bearing with me. Had a family uh, situation arise earlier this week, so I've had to take a few days off to, uh, to, to work through that. Still ongoing, but things are now in a more stable place so that I can return to the show, return back to work. So I thank all of you for your patience. I apologize for any inconvenience in my absence. Uh, created, but we are back here, and I want to thank you so much for making Locked On Commanders your first listen of the day every day. And don't forget that you can subscribe for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. And if you want to continue this conversation with me, you can do so by heading over to joinsubtext dot slash Locked On Commanders. And I'm your host David Harrison on Twitter at dHarrison82, credential member of the media covering your Washington Commanders for Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation here with you every Monday through Friday, along with our Everydayers, and as always. Every day, especially during this week, I want to appreciate you for your continued support uh, of the show. And I th- pre- appreciate everybody who reached out, whether it was via subtext, via Twitter, email, what have you. Uh, I appreciate you guys reaching out in the, in the YouTube comments as well. I saw some people there. So I do appreciate all of you for your well wishes and thoughts. Today's episode is brought to you by Underdog. Visit UnderdogFantasy.com and find them or find them in the App Store and sign up with a promo code locked on to get your first deposit doubled up to. One hundred dollars. Now on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, we're going to discuss the biggest storyline of uh, that happened while I was away, and unfortunately, it wasn't on the football field. Because we're going to start today's episode discussing the things that Ron Rivera said about the players complaining, some players about some some players complaining about Eric Bieniemy's coaching style this week uh, again while I was out. Now on Tuesday, at the very end of his press conference, literally the last question of his press conference, Commanders coach Ron Rivera. Was asked about players adjusting to Eric Bieniemy's style and if they had any struggles in doing so, and here is what Coach Rivera had to say. Going back to Bieniemy and his intensity, have players had to kind of adapt to that, and have any, I guess, sort of struggled with that at times?
1: Yeah, I mean they have, and 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 one of the biggest things is 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 you know, and I I had a number of guys come to me and I say hey, just go talk to him. I said understand what he's trying to get across to you, you know, and. And I think, you know, I think as they go and they talk and they listen to them, it's been, it's been enlightening for a lot of these guys. I mean, it's a whole different approach. Um, you know, you, again, you get a different kind of player from, from the players back in the past, um, especially in light of how things are coming out of college football. So a lot of these young guys, you know, they do struggle with certain, certain things. Um, and a lot of you got to take for where they've been. I mean, guys coming from certain programs are used to it. Guys coming from o- other programs aren't as much. So, you, you know, us as a coach, you know, I, I kind of have to assimilate and get a feel for everybody. You know, Eric has an approach, and it's the way he does things and he's not going to change. And, and, and because he believes in it, Jack has his approach. You know, um, having been a head coach, I think Jack has a tendency to try and figure guys out a little bit more as opposed to, hey, this is it, this is the way it's going to be, that type of stuff, where Eric, Eric hasn't had that 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 uh, that experience yet.
2: And just that when they came to you, it was just they felt like Eric was riding them too hard? or?
1: Well, um, they just were a little concerned. Now, typically, if you're an
0: everydayer on this show, you probably have picked up on this. I don't typically like to share press conference footage. Uh, for starters, you guys have access to press conference footage, and you can get it anywhere. You don't need to come here. To get press conference footage it's on twitter it's on youtube and if you're watching this you obviously know how to operate youtube so you can find these clips for yourself but because of the kind of stirring up the controversy that these comments caused i didn't want to just read them because my voice inflection if you haven't heard them before my voice inflection the way that i read a comment or a quote might steer it you know a different way so i wanted to make sure that you guys hear or see it uh, the way that the coach said it so that's why this episode is going to be a little bit heavier on the press conference footage than I normally like it to be, uh, but I feel like it's important enough in the quote, in the context of the quote, uh, to do that. So that's why we're going to do that. Now, obviously, I'm talking about these comments with a little bit of hindsight in my back pocket, right? So when I tell you that, uh, these, these thoughts that I'm about to share with you, when I tell you that these thoughts were my initial thoughts when I heard the comments, you're going to have to choose whether you take my word or not on that, right? I'm talking to you on Thursday night. These comments initially happened on Tuesday. Then there were some more comments on Wednesday. So, you know, let's just, let's just, you know address the elephant in the room i have certainly had time to think over everything and kind of observe from a distance because i have uh, not been doing the show i've not been writing until thursday uh, either so you can choose whether or not you're gonna take my word on when i tell you that i'm sharing my initial thoughts with you that's gonna have to be up to you if you're an everydayer or, or a regular listener i'm gonna assume you're gonna believe me because if you don't believe what i'm telling you uh, i assume you wouldn't be watching or listening right so when these comments were first made on tuesday obviously i wasn't catching them real time i wasn't there in Ashburn. Uh, but I did end up catching wind of them. But as soon as those comments came, I knew it was going to be trouble. Why? Because, honestly, of all the doubts surrounding Coach Eric Bieniemy over the past few years as he's been trying to land a head coaching job. Now, questions were raised during his interview processes, after the interview processes, people who claim to know, people who think they know, all these things in the public arena, in the media, influencers, everybody, that the contributions that he had to the Kansas City Chiefs offense or the lack of contribution... That he had in the execution of the Kansas City offense was then deemed to be a sign of lesser competence, right? If Andy Reid has total control of the offense, then that must mean he doesn't trust Eric Annamie, or That must mean Eric Bianami doesn't know how to do it, which isn't necessarily the case. Now, now that he's here in Washington and he's got total control, unquestioned, we're seeing it, we're hearing it, we're we're witnessing. Right? Any downward result in the Washington Commanders' offense is going to be met with more scrutiny because there's already this perception that maybe he wasn't as smart of an offensive mind. Maybe he wasn't as intelligent as a coach and all these things, right? So when Rod Rivera comes out and says that some of the players had to, or did come to him, not had to come with him, but did come to him with concerns that he then directed them to Eric Biennami, that did two things. It released to the public that some players didn't necessarily like the way that Eric Biennami was doing things, and it revealed that those players went to Coach Rivera before they went to Coach Biennami. Now, here's the problem there Coach Rivera never said any of the players, were unhappy, right? He never even said they disagreed with Eric Biennemi's methods. What Rivera said is that they were concerned. And to me, that's a very important word here to use, concern. Not complain, not disagree, not dislike, concern. Because concern and unhappiness don't necessarily go hand in hand, in my opinion. I can be concerned that the Lockdown Podcast Network sent out form-fitting shirts to all the hosts, right? It doesn't mean I'm unhappy they did it. I'm always happy to get swag. I'm always happy to rep the brand, but maybe I don't want to wear a form fitting shirt. You know what I'm saying? So I might be concerned that they're going to send me this shirt and say, Hey, we want everybody to wear this shirt, but man, I don't want to wear this shirt, but it doesn't mean I'm unhappy that they sent the shirt. That that makes sense. And that of course is a much lower, lower, lower echelon type of analogy, but just to kind of draw the parallels. Right? So, Who might have reason to be concerned? Because that's what Ron Rivera said. So that's kind of the first part of this I really wanted to talk about is we're not talking about complaints. We're not talking about dislike. We're not talking about unhappiness. We're talking about concern. So who had reasons to be concerned? Well, the running backs have reasons to be concerned. And beyond just what's happening in this organization or on this practice field, look at the NFL landscape of running backs. Running backs are extremely undervalued. They're extremely underpaid. And well, whether they're underpaid is, you know, a, a subject for debate, I suppose. But bottom line is after what's happened with Saquon Barkley, after what's going on with Jonathan Taylor, what happened with Josh Jacobs out in Las Vegas, I would say more so right now than previous training camps that we've we've gone through. The treatment or, or under-treatment or lesser treatment of running backs is certainly kind of on the national radar, right? Well, why do NFL teams tend to not value running backs as far as long-term contracts are concerned? Because they have a hard time staying healthy, right? The shelf life of a running back is typically comparatively lower than many other positions, if not every other position. In the National Football League. Well, if you're playing a position that's already undervalued, you're playing a position that has a history of injuries, and you are now being made to run and strain your muscles, tendons, and ligaments more than you've ever done before because your, your practice is picking up, your running is picking up, that could be a reason for you personally to be concerned. Again, you may not dislike the method. You may not be unhappy with what's happening. You might be saying, like, bro, I'm a running back. I am dog-tired by the end of practices because I've never ran this much of practice before. By the time I get done, my hamstring feels like it's a a wet spaghetti noodle. What if this bad boy snaps on me? What if this thing pulls up on me, right? So that's concern without necessarily being unhappy. In fact, I think it was Candy Waller of Bowie TV who was the first to point out to me during a practice this spring that this is the most we've seen Washington running backs running in practice since we've both been covering the Washington Commanders. I, I mean, we've seen literally Brian Robinson with his hands on his knees, Antonio Gibson taking a knee, Chris Rodriguez Jr. with his helmet off, Gaskin Ferrer. Like These dudes are getting gassed in practice by design. Like That's what Eric bien wants. That's what Coach Jordan is doing because that's what Coach bien wants. They are finishing every single touch. Uh, tight ends, mainly Logan Thomas, right? He's a little bit older. He's been through the ringer. He's had some injuries. So maybe he was concerned a little bit by the high practice tempo. And look, if he was concerned about it, he's probably feeling kind of justified right now as he deals with another calf injury. Then there's Curtis Samuel, same boat as Logan Thomas, right? So there are reasons to be concerned here. But then there's also the optics of them going to Ron and not going to EB. The optics are that they're going over Eric bien head. But remember, there's a possibility here that these players know Ron Rivera more. That's not a possibility. That's fact. These players know Ron Rivera more unless it's Andrew Wiley or Brian Pringle or Marcus Kemp. uh, And they're just now getting to know EB. So they're going to Ron not because they're trying to trump Eric bien because they trust Ron's opinions. So, where did Rivera go wrong trying to say enough without saying too much? And what about his attempt to at damage control? We're going to talk about all of that coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog is the easiest place to play fantasy football and the best place for best ball. Best ball Mania 4 is the largest fantasy football tournament ever. And August is here. So, you know what that means the official start of fantasy football drafting. Month Get championship ready for your home league by trying out best ball on underdog fantasy. All you have to do is one live snake draft. No waivers, no trades. Underdog sets your best lineup every week. Try it with underdogs best ball mania tournament. I've already got my entry into the uh, best ball tournament there. Best ball mania tournament. Um, And I got to say that was a very seamless, enjoyable experience drafting. My team that is going to win me millions of dollars. The largest fantasy football contest of all time is back and even bigger with $15 million of total prize stuff for grabs, including an absurd $3 million going to the winner, me. Last year, the winner drafted their team in July. This year, they drafted them in early August. So don't wait around. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store and sign up with promo code locked on to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. It's underdog fantasy, underdog fantasy promo code locked on thanks again for making a lot of time first listen or view today and every day and every day so i appreciate you for coming back here with me here on this thursday it's gonna be thursday evening by the time that gets pushed out to you but i will have another episode dropping friday before the game another episode dropping post game and then i am planning another episode uh, that will come out to you guys saturday at some point as well so making up for some lost time here we're gonna continue about our conversation. Our continuing our conversation about Ron Rivera's recent comments involving players' concerns about Eric Bieniemy's style of coaching. Now Rivera's comments came on Tuesday morning before practice, and by the time he spoke to media again Wednesday morning, things had certainly taken off a bit, right? So Coach Rivera started his Wednesday presser with a statement saying, "Quote: I realized my comments yesterday took on a different life than I intended yesterday, and that's on me for not being as clear as I need to be. I'll own that. At the end of the day, we know that we're trying to build what we're trying to build here, and we're all aligned." As I've said many times since I've hired Eric, I love the overall message that he gave to the team the first day. That was basically we got to learn and be comfortable when we're uncomfortable. And I think what's happened is for those guys on that side of the ball, things are uncomfortable. There's been a lot of change, and the entire way of doing things has changed on the offensive side. Change is hard, and I've always encouraged our players to have great dialogue and build relationships with our staff. Since those conversations took place with Eric and the players, I've seen the improvements. I can honestly say that the last couple of practices probably have been The best of training camp which i think is great to me that displays the team is beginning to embrace the message and approach to how he does things and how we want things done end quote now that's coach rivera's statements and i think coach rivera nailed his mistake from the day prior right off the top he wasn't clear enough now coach rivera is known uh, around the media circles as a coach that's going to give you answers which is awesome and we all greatly appreciate him for that because he talks to us if you ask him a question Sometimes you ask him a question, man, and he gives you an answer that really wasn't even the question you asked, but it was a good answer regardless, right? And something that you certainly wanted to know or or could want to know. And somebody else would probably going to ask him that question anyway. But like every other NFL head coach, he coach speaks, right? Which means he limits what he says in the conversation. Now, the pitfalls to that is that when you only give part of the picture, the rest of that picture has to be filled in. And oftentimes those blanks are going to be filled in using presumption. So, again, going back to the reputation of Eric Bieniemy and the coaching searches and all these other things, right? There is a presumption that EB either isn't as critical or hasn't been as critical to Kansas City's offensive success as they led on and or his personality rubs people the wrong way. Could be a combination of both. So when this happens, when you open the door to concern, to comments, to, to questions, the clarity on what the concerns the players had were was not given. That is where... The, the the presumption fills it, right? That's where confirmation bias is going to tell everybody, whether it's media, fan, whoever is looking at these comments, that their previous notions were correct and that that is where the problem lies. So for EB detractors or untrusters, it's going to be that he isn't treating the players well or his plans to run an offense don't make sense to the players executing the offense. For EB truthers or roster distrusters, it's going to be that the players are weak. It's not EB that's the problem. It's the players that are the problem, and we've seen a combination of both reactions. We've seen some of the some people say the players are weak. We've seen some people say that Eric beyond me me is flawed. Regardless, either conclusion honestly is based on a combination of preconceived ideas and half information from Coach Rivera on Tuesday. That is the pitfall of only giving part of the picture. Now, of course, the other approach to dealing with media as a head coach is not saying anything at all. Is go Bill Belichick uh, Bill Belichickian on the media, right? The problem you have there is that when things go wrong, now you're not providing any context. So now the media is literally, I think this is the problem. Bill Belichick doesn't drink sugar or put sugar in his coffee. That's the problem. Boom. I'm going to go write uh, an article about that. That's the downside. So there's downside to all of this, right? It's just which downside you want to deal with. So Coach Rivera made another point on Wednesday, though, that I wanted to make sure that everybody heard as well because nobody's really talking about it. But I did think that it was fairly important.
2: At the end of the press conference yesterday, you said some of the players had some concerns. I don't know if you elaborated though, on that.
1: I think the biggest thing more than anything else is everybody just wanted to know why. You know, what, what, what's what's he trying to get out of it? And when you understand why, why people do the things the way they do them, and you look at the end result, that's the important thing. And the best part is we're seeing them. You can't deny yesterday was a good practice, can you? For your,
2: your, your no, I just
1: asked you the question. That's not how okay, don't be afraid of it, though. Come on. I mean, it, it, from my perspective, when I watched practice yesterday, I was very pleased. And I think a lot of it is because guys understand what we're trying to do. And that's what I think is important. And they understand it because they've had open dialogue with them. And that's the thing. I mean, honestly, the, the articles that, that were written yesterday, and I saw a couple of the headlines, the headlines could say, oh, the players understand. The players are getting it. You know what I'm saying? Instead of of, of what they said.
0: All right. So, in that question that you hear there that Ronenberg responds to, Ben Standing for the Athletic, is the one asking the question. I want to be clear here that Ben is an absolute professional. I don't think that Ron was trying to single him out or do anything like that. Ben just happened to be the reporter who caught the brunt of Coach Rivera's displeasure with how the media responded to his comments. We've seen other reporters. You ask a question, you get a completely different answer or something that you didn't really expect. I asked Coach uh, Del Rio last year about a penalty uh, that was called on Benjamin St. Juice, and he took it and took an opportunity to criticize the officials. Thankfully, he wasn't fine for criticizing those officials, but that's not really the point I was getting to. That's just the answer he gave me, right? Sometimes you can't control the answer that comes following the question. So, but does the, the, but the question here, I think, is does Rivera have a point about the way the media took it, ran with it, right? So here's some headline samples, because Ron Rivera said he looked at some of the headlines and the headlines could have been different based on what he said. So here's some of the headline samples that I found. Eric Enemy's intensity concerns commanders players. That's one headline. That's from one headline. Some commanders players concerned by Eric Enemy's intensity. That's another portion of the headline. Biennemi complaints from commanders. Here's why players are wrong. There's another headline. Number of guys express concern over Eric Bieniemy's demanding coaching style. It's another headline. And then finally the Commanders are adjusting to Eric Bieniemy's hard nose intensity. That's yet another headline. Of these headlines, four of them are negative. Of those four negatives, one of them actually goes after the players. Remember what I told you, right? Depending on how you view this situation coming into it is going to kind of shape your narrative. So one of these headlines coming from a person that would appear to believe that the commanders' roster was probably weaker, probably needed that stern coaching, and their players are the problem. The other ones seem to believe that there should be some concern about Eric B. enemy himself, and he's the central figure. And then finally, you have one here that says the commanders are adjusting Eric B. enemy's hard nose intensity. So they're focusing on EB, but there's no sense of negativity. Like if you just read that headline, you don't come into it expecting negativity. You don't come into it loaded with negativity. So if you go back to Rivera's initial comments, I broke down that initial comment, right? He says the number of guy, that a number of guys came to coach Rivera struggling to adapt. He told them to talk to EB so they could understand why he's coaching the way that he is. That's one part of his statement or his answer. Another part of his statement, Rivera says, quote, I think they go and they talk and they listen to him. It's been enlightening for a lot of these guys, end quote. That's another part of his answer. A third part of his answer, Rivera acknowledges it's different than a lot of programs these players come from and that they have to have time to adapt. Another part says, Coach Rivera says he has a way of trying to understand where each player is coming from, especially young guys, and that EB has his way, and he's not changing because he believes in it. And then finally, he compares EB to Jack Del Rio, who has had coaching experience, and, tries to, and says that Jack tries to figure out more so what the players need than saying, this is the way it's going to be. So those are kind of the five principal branches of Ron Rivera's initial answer that sparked Uh, This whole this whole thing, right? If we break them into positive and negative categories, I think the count comes in three, two in favor of the positive. He says he told the players to talk to EB so that they can understand where he's coming from. That's supporting your coach. He says the players then understood and it was enlightening for them That's supporting your players growing with your coach. And then he acknowledges that the young players may struggle adapting at first, but makes no mention of EB needing to change his method, only that there needs to be patience and time for players to get on board. Again, a supportive statement. Then he mentions the coaching history of himself and Jack Del Rio and how they like to adapt their players to their players versus having their players adapt to their scheme that could be taken as a disagreement and then to me those are the only two parts that can be construed as a very disagreeing with the enemy's method but even that doesn't branch into criticism I don't believe and nowhere in here does he say the players criticized or complained just that they had concerns and again concerns aren't necessarily complaints now some did take offense to his comparing his and Del Rio's head coaching experience which Rivera said he shouldn't have brought it up, It was just trying to identify that different coaches have different approaches. I don't have a problem with that. I think it's kind of weird to have a problem with him mentioning that Jack Del Rio and himself have coaching experience that Eric me doesn't, because he wasn't trying to discount anything that E.B was saying. But if the majority of Rod's statement was about positive experiences of players speaking to EB and the players continuing to adapt to EB, then shouldn't that be the headline? Honestly, there's no right answer there because from a journalistic point of view, we each take the comments, we each take our observations and we write the story we decide to write. There's no wrong answer there. The wrong answer or who we don't decide, I don't decide the wrong answer. I'm not going to tell anybody else what they should and shouldn't be writing as long as it's you know in line with what's actually happening. If you take a quote and you want to turn it into the story, that's your prerogative. That's your job. Who does have that opportunity? Obviously, our editors or publishers, but also the consumers. You decide. The impact of the coverage. That's a different story for a different day, but I can promise you this. I would go, I would, I would venture to say that the headlines that had a little bit more of a negative tilt got more traction than the headlines that didn't. I'm just gonna put it like that. Um, that's just my experience. So in the end, I don't think Kovera really said anything all that crazy. I think it was taken to a certain extent that turned it into something crazy. But look, going from Scott Turner to Eric B culture shot. Going from college football to Eric Bianamy in the NFL. Culture shock. Culture shock is jarring. It's supposed to be jarring, but it's not how the storm hits. It's how Sean the player comes out of the storm. That's what's important. Nikki Javala and Sam Fortier of the Washington Post quoted Antonio Gibson saying he's in the best shape of his life right now. So I'd say that storm did him some good. And typically, those who can stand getting a little wet in the name of progress do. They get better. Those who focus on the moisture tend to drown. So those were my thoughts. But what about Eric Enemy's thoughts? That's next on Locked On Commanders. While we're all out here talking about Coach Rivera's comments, what we think about Coach Rivera's comments, Coach Bianami had some thoughts on Coach Rivera's comments because he was asked about him in his press conference after practice on Tuesday. And there has been some coverage, but not near as much coverage what EB said compared to what Ron Rivera said. So let's listen into a little bit of what EB had to say.
1: But in, in examining the way you coach, right? have you ever said i wonder if i have to tone it down at all or do you just say this is how i am
2: and i'm just going to roll with that i've been coaching since i retired from football so you got to understand this with the group i'm always going to remain the same i'm always going to be loud and i'm always going to be vocal i'm always going to demand from our leaders but on top of that i'm watching everything okay body language how we address in the huddle how we're getting up to the line of scrimmage, how we're presenting ourselves. Those things are important because you got to send a message to the defense. And so I want our guys to clearly understand that we're not taking anything for granted. So when it's all said and done with, do I spend time with players? Yes. You guys have been here. You see me pull players over to the side and have long discussions with them just so we're all always on the same page. So Eric Bienemy is is who he is. Okay, Eric Bieniemy knows how to adapt and adjust. Eric Bieniemy is a tough, hard-nosed coach, but also understand I'm going to be the biggest and harshest critic, but I'm also the number one fan because I got their back and I'm going to support them at all times. All right,
0: now there's actually more to what Coach Eric Bieniemy had to say on Tuesday to practice, but I didn't. Again, I, I don't want to do the entire press conference. The entire press conference is available on Twitter. It's available on YouTube. If you want to hear the entire thing. By all means, please do. But here are some observations I have from what Eric bien had to say. The first and foremost thing, I think, is that EB understands that his method is jarring. He understands that about himself. So this isn't something that he is just doing and is unaware of. And I think that's very, very important because honesty is kind of the next big point that he made while he was answering these questions about what Coach Rivera said. Honesty. He's going to be direct. Now, look, honesty comes in a lot of different forms. I am a very honest person. I've been called incredibly honest. I've been called blunt. And I've been called an a hole. There is basically depends on how much you enjoy and appreciate honesty. And honestly, I've had people who, who praise my honesty until my honesty turns to them. And then I'm an a hole because, you know, it's, 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 it's endearing when you're doing it to other people. It's not endearing when you're doing it to, to, uh, to them necessarily. But honesty is obviously very important. And being upfront is very important. Eric, the enemy, being comfortable in uncomfortable situations. The NFL is not designed to cater to anybody, no team steps on the field. And has another team on the other side saying, what do you need us to do to make you successful? No, you have an enemy every time you go out there. So Eric B. Enemy's job is to get you ready for battle. Is it life and death? To a certain extent, yeah, it's your livelihood, right? So it's a very serious business that he takes very seriously. Setting high expectations. Every single team comes into training camp and says, we want to win a Lombardi. Well, let's be honest. Not every team shows up to training camp putting in the effort it takes to go win a Lombardi. Even if they know some, some, some again, they come in basically knowing that they're not going to win a Super Bowl. And Eric Bannaby is not willing to let anybody put in the effort that is commensurate with knowing you're not going to compete. He expects his guys to come out like they're going to compete in every single game and says his number one job is to take these guys to another level, level, not make them happy. My previous career, I used to tell people all the time, if by the time we're done, if by the time I'm done working with you, we end up Facebook friends, fantastic. If by the time we're done working together, you block me on Facebook, so be it. But at the end of the day, my job is not to be your friend. My job is to make you better. And that's what I'm going to do. If you like it, if we become friends in the process, fantastic. But there's not a requirement for you to like me or appreciate everything that I'm doing. Seeing the progress, that's where you get the buy-in from, right? But buy-in, but seeing progress requires buy-in, right? So it's kind of this vicious, vicious circle. So you have to get the players to put in some effort towards it. And if they don't want to put effort towards it, you have to make them put effort towards it, man. And and sometimes that comes across in in mean ways. But then once they put the effort in and they see the results, it's really hard. And for the most part, I'd say about 85% of people who fight a method, once they start to see the value in that method, typically they say, okay, and they accept it. Some of them are still knuckleheads and they want to fight it. And that's okay. And that happens in, in, in the NFL. Those are the guys that are going to get cut. Authentic Eric B. Enemy is what you're always going to get. That's what Eric B. will tell you. And I would tell you right now, talking to him behind a microphone, talking to him behind a camera, talking to him behind the scenes, Eric B. has always been the same dude. I don't know him all that long, but just all my experience with Eric B. what you see is what I see when the cameras aren't on. Constant evaluation. Eric B. is constantly watching his people. That alone is a little bit of pressure all by itself that sometimes guys are not comfortable with. But again, getting comfortable in uncomfortable situations is incredibly, incredibly valuable. And then I think the very last part of what Eric bien said, he is always going to be these players' biggest critics, but he's also going to be their biggest fans. If you know, like Eric bien knows, that you are a person that is hard to work for, you have to make it worth it. And yes, the results should be enough, but when you have a boss like that, whether it's a coach, a manager, a leader, whatever industry you're in, praise from that boss means just as much as the criticism from that boss. So he knows that and he, and he and he uses that and says, I'm going to hold you accountable. I'm going to hold your feet to the fire. It's going to be hot. It's going to burn. And you're going to walk in the locker room someday and you're saying, say, man, this is not worth it. But guess what? When we get over the hill, when we get to where we need to go, I'm going to be the first one there to shake your hand and tell you that you did a good job. And that should mean something. So. Those are kind of my thoughts. And then kind of a wrap up of what I think about uh, what Eric Bien me had to say. Now, there was also some displeasure about Ron Rivera reading his Wednesday morning opening statement uh, from a piece of paper. Look, I can't tell you if, if that's the right way to do it or not. I understand why people are criticizing it. But I think that the reason Ron Rivera probably wrote down his thoughts and then read them is because he literally just came from a press conference where he meant to say something a certain kind of way. And it got misconstrued. It got taken a certain kind of way. And he wanted to prevent that from happening again. So he wrote down all of his thoughts. And he's okay, when I'm talking, I'm going to talk about all these things. And I want to make sure I hit all these things. I don't necessarily blame him for doing it. Uh, I think he was just probably uncomfortable with doing it. And honestly, look, uh, you know, part of me, and I'm not putting words in Coach Vera's mouth, but part of me thinks Coach Vera thinks this whole thing is ridiculous. And he shouldn't even have to be up there defending himself uh, because that's not what he was trying to say. But that is his job. That is his role. So he did it. Those are my thoughts. Obviously, as always, share your thoughts. With me coming up tomorrow, I am going to have an episode for you pre-game, pre-preseason game uh, against the Cleveland Browns. That game is uh, 7:30 p.m. Eastern time on uh, I think it's CBS, NBC, whatever Peacock is, right? I'll be watching it. I'm obviously not in Cleveland; I'm at home, so I'll be watching it on Peacock, uh, just like I think many of you will uh, as well. So we will have an episode before that, and I will have an episode. After the game as well. So I'll come back for both of those and then send your questions or comments into the YouTube comments. Hit me on Twitter. Email me at locked on commanders gmail.com or send them directly to via subtext by going to joinsubtextcom subtext.com locked on You can text me directly. As always, I want to thank you so much for making locked on commanders. Your first listen of the day every day at every day's greatly appreciate you being patient with me. This week I am back. And as far as uh everything looks, I will be back for the foreseeable future. Thank you so much for making me a part of your day part of your football routine. Until we speak again, please be safe, be kind, and I'll see you next time for another episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.